0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, guys. It's Watt Harris here with another Panther Rants podcast. It's a, uh, well, at least here it's a jury Thursday. As we get close to the weekend. And, of course, a big Saturday coming up at Heinz So let's get to it. Um, we'll start off. First of all, I um, this I'm watching yesterday working from home. I see that the uh, both uh, basketball teams for Pitt Men's and Pitt Women's are up and running, they had their first games. Pitt Men's had theirs on Tuesday, and uh, Pitt Women's had theirs yesterday morning. I think it was around 11 a.m. they had theirs. It was 10 a.m. my time, so I, had it, so I flipped it on. All off right, for the Pitt Men's, they uh, start off slow. Obviously, when you have a young team, you're having jitters. I know that some of these guys, obviously, you know, they have a year under their belts, but new coach, new staff. And, of course, there are some new players that are, that are playing, new starters. But uh, you know some things I saw that I liked. I mean, I, as I brought it up, and somebody mentioned this as well to me. Well, for one thing, it, su- it sucks to lose Parker Stewart and Marcus Carr, but I do like um, I do like our backcourt a hell of a lot better than I did last year. I think with Xavier Johnson, Trey Gallons, they're young, obviously, but these guys. Can move, can move. They can create things, and I think they're just going to create more havoc. I mean, one thing we do miss for Parker Stewart is we miss. It'd be nice to have a you know a sharpshooter in him because he'd be a great compliment to these guys. That's one thing I, you know I can say that we're you know we're obviously going to miss. Marcus Carr, I think he'll be a good you know, a decent player in Minnesota. I think he's more suited in the Big Ten than he is in the ACC. I just think with the guys we have now, they're more assertive. They can fly to the hoop, and they can create things. And and pretty much just what they're, they're going to have to do for the most part because we we don't have much of a front court right now. We lack an inside presence. I mean, we have Terrell Brown. He's not bad, but we need more guys. We have Sham Stevenson as well, but again, like I said again, we need we need more bigs, and obviously that's obvious. You know, that should be pretty much one of the priorities in recruiting is getting a big. But my thing is, is if we can land a, a, a decent big, I'd be more happy landing more more talented guards and small forwards if we had to. Because I don't want to I want them to recruit a big, like a power forward or a center. I don't recruit I don't want them recruiting a guy just to be a body. Because at the end of the day, he's just a body. And he's taking up he's taking up a scholarship. At this point, Pitt needs to recruit the best players available and get the best players. And most talented. If it means more guards and small forwards, then so be it. But we can't have we can't recruit bigs that are just bodies, and they're not they're not really set for the ACC. You know, it's they got they got to have or they, or they don't at this point. So we can only hope. You know that part of it works out. But uh, as far as you know, as far as you know, inside as well, I mean, you know, while the do like about the you know backcourt is they can drive to the hoop, they can, they can create. Opportunities, especially and in, especially inside, if we're having issues there, I saw that where they're able to draw the defenders, get the guy open underneath, and dish the ball out. I mean, obviously, we're not going to you know play in the big, you know, in the NCAA tournament anytime soon. But I thought watching that game, it was less painful what we saw last year. I mean granted they did finish I think eight and five in their non-conference schedule last year despite you know some really bad starts I mean they lost the they start off losing the you know Navy and some other crappy teams although they did manage to beat well they did yeah they did manage yeah they did manage to beat Duquesne thank god 95 five last year. We thought that they would win, win at least one or two ACC games, and they didn't. Of course, they gave Notre Dame a game in the ACC tournament. And it was, you know, we thought maybe it was, you know, maybe they were starting to, it was starting to look up, but... At the end of the day, it gave, you know, Heather you know, an opportunity to get a clean break from um, the coach... That was hired, and bringing somebody new. And of course, Cable was the right hire because we needed some we need an ACC guy, a blue blood, to say the least. Because Kevin Stallings just wasn't it. I think at this point with Stallings, he was more of a day and type, or he had success at, at a long time for a school, where well, he's probably better suited at a smaller school, smaller program, but. He got his big buyout, so I'm sure he's probably somewhere vacationing with his kids. Or his wife. Whatever. Now, as far as the women's program goes, I watched that game. They played Central Florida in Central Florida last year. They were 22 and 10, they were 12 and 4 in the AEC, but they uh, ended up in the women's NIT. And if you look really at their strength of schedule, it really wasn't all that great either. And I'm not sure the AAC is much to look at because UConn pretty much runs that conference in terms of women's hoops. But still, 20 plus one team pit faced. The women led for most of the game. Actually, most I think for about a good two and a half quarters they led. They start off hot in the first period, and it, it was you know. They were on pace to beat uh, the women. They were on pace to beat UCF, uh, forty-eight to twelve, I think. That's what it was. I mean, that's how you know. That's how uh, you know big this was. But of course, uh, Central Florida turned up the pressure, and the Pitt women faced a lot of double teams in their own offensive zone, and it created a lot of havoc. And led to a lot of turnovers, and the, and the, the, the crappy part was the Central Florida was able to cover all those turnovers and the points. And that's where a lot of they got a lot of their um, a lot of their points from was turnovers. They were down there. I mean, then Central Florida eventually took a lead. They were up thirty-five to thirty. Then the Pitt Women went an 11-0 run to make it forty-one thirty-five. But then um, Central Florida outscored them the rest of the way. I think it was uh 26 to uh, 13. Yeah, they all scored 26-13 to end the game. Pitt Women had a shot at the end to tie it and go to overtime. They, they, they ended up breaking two threes. And that was that. But um, as far as women goes, they they defended a lot. They were very ferocious on the defensive end they had a lot of energy, which reflects off their coach. It's just, they made a lot of mistakes. I mean, they made some really bad passes as well. Some really, I mean, a lot of them were like, were careless passes. So, uh, I hope that, uh, you know, Lance White, you takes know, take some time and for them to work on some of these things. Cause I mean, obviously there's, you know, with the, with the women, this is a team that was really bad last year and they lost some, uh, they lost, you know, their best players. He's going to need a lot out of them, but you have to hope that the ship doesn't sail. Because he's obviously a nice guy, has a lot of energy, but I just hope he's very demanding of these as well. Because you don't want to be a nice guy to your 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 players. And of course, sometimes you're too nice, it's all right from the screw up and keep losing. But anyways, you got time. Check a Pitt women's game out. It looks looks really good. Now we got the Pitt, Pitt football coming up. They're at Virginia. Ticket at you know at the three thirty kickoff. So no noon game, and hopefully no crappy ACC network to deal with as well. You know, which means people like me can actually turn on the television and watch a game for once. But as far as the game goes itself. Virginia Tech is, uh, you know, defensively is a show of its former self. They're they're near the bottom in pass defense. So, if Pitt really wants to get their offensive, um, you know, their passing game going, this would be a good team to do it against. I mean, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't expect them to go full, like, you know, have Kenny Pickett start slinging the ball like Dan Marino. But at least, you know, Get some, short, get some short passes, some screen plays, because obviously, you know, Tech can't defend it, and of course, that running game as well, get that going, because obviously, that's what you got at this point, but um, I expect some, uh, I expect some also some play actions to Maurice French as well, I expect that to happen, and I won't complain about that in, in either, just as long as we're hitting the receiver and not throwing picks. I would like to see him get the ball in the hands of Aaron Matthews more. Because, you know, he had a nice little catch against Duke. Catch against Duke. Well, not Duke. I mean Virginia, I'm sorry. It seems we have some ta- some talented athletes at receiver. It just gave him the ball is just a big issue. But... Offensively, supposedly Tech is uh, has a very high highly talented quarterback. I watched a play and I wasn't really that impressed with him. He's more he's more like a, a little. He's a notch above Pickin, and that's not really saying much at this point. But um, their offensive line isn't all that great, so if pick can get to him like, you know, like they did, with they do for Virginia. I think they'll have no problems. It just depends on which pit, pit defense shows up. If it's the one that is um, is, uh, is Duke, or is it the one at Virginia where they just beat the shit out of them? So, I'm hoping it's the latter, the one that beats the shit, because I don't want, you know, any of this high-scoring boat crap. But let's, let's also not forget, as highly talented as Virginia Tech was last year, Pitt came within, um, you know, possession of putting that, you know, of winning it, or at least let alone sing it to overtime. Jester we just, just couldn't run that last guy. That was all. But um, you know, with that, we know what happened there. Whereas we made some bad play calls, and for one thing, at the time, Pickett was on a on a roll, and you let your quarterback finish the job and. We call some really bad running plays, and that was that. But this time around, I think I think Pill will be able to take them because Beamer Ball really isn't the, you know isn't there no more, and the Bud Foster defense is a shove, of its former self. I think if um, in the case of Tech, if they're if they're a clean house, I think Bud Foster probably goes. If anything, that guy probably just needs a change of scenery. But um, depending on how the game goes, if your team wins, it's probably going to be by a touchdown. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's probably going to be like a low-scoring, 24-17, 20 type of game. I don't see it, you know, being anything higher than that. Now, if you look at the rest of the um, the college football weekend, well, tonight we have a game. We have wake. We have an ACC Thursday night game. Wake and Wake and NC State. NC State is still, despite the, some losses, are their 14th ranked, which is odd. But they should be able to handle Wake. And Wake just not having a good season this year. It seemed like they were they they, they, they were coming on last year, but it's one of those things where I guess it's a sophomore type of thing with uh, the new coach or the newer coach. I should say. Friday night we got another ACC matchup. We got Syracuse and Louisville. Louisville is terrible, and Syracuse should be able to handle them with no problems. I'm not sure what's what's happened with Louisville, but even with uh, Lamar Jackson, they were they were for the most part a mediocre football team last year. And if anything, maybe Lamar, you uh, know, he. Cover up a lot of things, and it's easy to do when you have a, when, you're at, when you have a really good offensive player. Good offense tends to uh, cover up, you know, a lot of deficiencies. Same with a bad defense as well. I mean, good, I mean not bad defense, a good defense. West Virginia goes. As it will be at home against TCU. DC was highly talented early in the year, but uh, they have a good defense. It's just their uh, offense really sputtered this year, and it hasn't gone any better. But uh, this game's at Morgantown, and I think the, the Big 12 has been more, I guess you could say accommodating the West Virginia in terms of scheduling, because I remember when they first started Big 12 play, they, they won a big uh, game against Texas at Austin. And they were, I guess, we put them to five and zero, I believe. And I thought that at the time, the Big Twelve was theirs to lose because they were playing so good. But then the next week, they had to fly out to Lubbock to play Texas Tech. And I figured that the way this, this traveling is going for them, if this keeps up, they're not they're not ever going to be able to compete the way they want to in the Big Twelve because they have to keep flying out for these freaking games back to back. But here they're at home, and they should be able to take care of TCU because. It's a big game. There's playoffs on the line, and I'm, I'm sure Morgantown's going to pack. This is going to be filled because it's because West Virginia is winning. But West Virginia does not have a, a good product. The fan stands don't show up, so don't believe all that bullshit that they uh, that they actually can consistently fill their stadium. Their stadium isn't like a, They they talk about filling their stadium like it's like it's Penn State on a on a, on a Saturday afternoon, and it really isn't the case at all. When their team isn't good, their team's half. is half empty. Wisconsin, Penn State. No, this is at, this is game's at Penn State. I think uh, Penn State panels Wisconsin. I'm not sure what happened to Paul Chris's team, but Wisconsin has a good. You know they they can run, they can defend. It's just they can't throw. And Alex Hornibrook got all this really—he um, got all this hype from last year. Now I don't understand why people said that he was going to be the guy this year, you know, the, the lookout for in terms of quarterback. And I, my thought to myself, this guy can barely play, let alone complete a pass. I mean, in the Big Twelve, in the Big Ten title game, he was—he was horrible. So, what I mean, what what exactly is going to improve with him from year one to year from, from the from the from this past year to this year? I mean, at this point, Alex Hornybrook just is what he is, and he's not going to get any better. He's a poor man's Tyler Palko, and, and good lord, he's not even close to that. If we're being you know, if we're being, that's being generous, because he's not really close to that at all. I mean, I was bummed when we lost him. We did come in pick the go fellow Paul Christ. but thank God he did because he's he's really bad. And I believe uh, Wisconsin does have a really good quarterback in the wings. It just he's I think he's it's either he's not on campus yet or he's not ready yet. But I'm sure uh, that's the thing with the po- but b- b- Wisconsin teams are they're really good. It's just that they never have a good quarterback if they would ever have a serviceable quarterback, they would win more games. I mean, they did have Russell Wilson one year, but of course, Britt Bolima was their coach. And they had a whole bunch of brain farts. You know, with the team they had that year with, with Russell Wilson, they should have went undefeated that year and probably played for a national championship. But they had some brain fart losses because that's what Belieman teams would do. And at the end of the day, you know, his final his final season, they uh, they, won, they won the Big Ten title. He dropped semi on his opponent, and he left to go to the Arkansas. But a lot of people will tell you is that Blamer really didn't do a whole lot. It was more he had really good assistant coaches, and they pretty much did all the work. And he was just the uh, CEO. But, of course, when he had to go to a new place... He obviously couldn't hire the coaches that he had. Now we have a Big Ten, a big, big, huge Big Ten match between Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State needs to keep themselves in line for the College Football Playoff. It's at Michigan State. On paper, I would think Michigan State will win this game, but Ohio State has really good athletes. But, uh, but of course, they suck on offense as well. They don't, they're you know they're overrated for the most part. I think D'Antonio gives them a game, but I think Michigan State finds a way to lose this one like they always do because they just have better athletes. But you know, like I said, I'm not a good gambling person. I'm not a good pick-em person, obviously, because I've been wrong. So I've been really bat- wrong So uh, these past weeks. So if you're betting, you probably want to go the other way. And, of course, there's Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. That's a big game. Oklahoma State just choked away a game against Baylor. So Oklahoma should have no problem winning this game. Auburn and Georgia. Auburn, for some reason, is still ranked, and I have no idea why. They suck. Georgia should handle them with no problem Well, it depends which Georgia team shows up if it's the one that, you know, it's sleepwalks or the one that, you know, goes and takes care of business but I think, you know, Georgia at this point wants to take care of business I think they've learned their lesson LSU got Arkansas and that should be no big deal there because Arkansas is terrible for the most part uh, Texas and Texas Tech I think think Tech uh, wins that one Tech loves to pull a lot points up, and I just don't think that uh, Texas can ho- keep that pace up. I think uh, Tom Herman, you know, finds something else to cry about, and they lose this one as well. I mean, he's starting to have a meltdown now. He just seems like... He comes off as a real petty bitch when he loses games. I mean, it's part of your growing pains, dude. You've been hired... They hired you to actually get this program back to winning. Suck it up. Um, a big... Giant ACC matchup Saturday night: Clemson and Boston College. Now we talk about the idea of Pitt. that Pitt could give Clemson a hard time. And it could beat them maybe because you know Pitt does that, where they just, where they're heavily an underdog, and they, they pull wins out of their ass like this. But Boston College has been playing really, really good this year. Now Dazia's did done a hell of a job. But we saw what happened with NC State And uh Clemson. Clemson took care of business, but BC has been known but has been known at times to pull this pull this crap as well. But I think that uh, I think BC will, will put up more of a fight. But I think Clemson wins this one. I still think it's going to be a blowout, though. But anyways, guys. That should wrap up the weekend for the college football. In fact, let me look through the uh, rest of the games here. Oh, there's North Carolina at Duke. Oh, that's a huge matchup. Oh, that's not basketball, though. I think uh, Duke take care, takes care of this one, and obviously it makes. in of course, another week where we talk, we bitch about the North Carolina loss. Liberty, Virginia, Virginia, I think recovers and takes care of that. That looks like an easy game. Miami, Georgia Tech, really nice matchup here. I think um, Georgia Tech is going bowling because Miami is just falling apart at the heels. And, of course, there's Notre Dame. Oh, I left this one out. Third-ranked Notre Dame against uh, Florida State. Now, Ian Buck, it's been announced that he'll be out for this game because of a rib injury. But Florida State is really bad. So I think Notre Dame just, uh, you know, plays it safe. Because the uh, the guy that they had was initially at the start before Book replaced them. He should take care of that as well. Now, um, so that wraps the college football weekend. At least the the quote unquote preview. Now, Le'Veon Bell is supposed to be coming back. I'm not sure how this bodes for James Conner, but Le'Veon Bell obviously has been tweeting upset on letters, and I get it. I don't really fault Levi and Bell for what he did. He took a calculated risk because he wanted to get paid what he felt was that he deserved. And hey, we all feel we, we we all feel we deserve a certain pay. But it's part. It's but there's a fine line between being realistic and feeling what you deserve because we all because we, we all work hard and we all feel that we're under. Sometimes we're under we're underpaid under for what we do, and we should deserve more. So. Our option is to go put resumes out and see what we can get, but you have to be careful when you do it, and you have to be discre- discreet about it because people find that you're looking for jobs. It won't be good. For, it, you know, doesn't really bode well, especially when a company wants to make you know make make you know budget cuts. They're usually the first to go. Levium Bell took a risk and it backfired mainly because he felt he could hold the Steelers hostage but then of course James Conner really came up came on and you know the and then you have you know the argument where is was Lovey and Bell good was Levy and Bell good because of the system the stewards run because James Conner was able to come in and pick pick it right up or just James Connor's overall better because Connor's obviously a lot quicker he's a lot younger and he's a lot more healthier now whereas you know where's the latter. Bell hasn't been, you know, Bell has had a hard time finishing a full season, although he didn't finish a full one last year, and it, it was, you know, before that, it, it was either he got suspended or he got injured around playoff time, because the year the Steelers went to the, uh, I believe it was the AFC title game against New England, he was hurt, and we had, we had no one to help out running back. We had, uh, there was a backup that wasn't too bad. I forget the freak his name was. D'Angelo Hall, I believe, or Russell. No, that's basketball. D'Angelo Williams, I believe. It was one of those guys. Well, he's good. he was good. He just wasn't looking on Bell good. I believe he wasn't healthy for that game either. So of course it, it made a lot of things a lot easier for the Steelers to lose that game because they had no, uh, no no running back option. So now as Bell comes back, he hasn't really played all season, and, and I, I sincerely hope he's been training because you'd hate to see him coming out of shape. Either that, or he, or he, or he signs his tender, and he uh, you know just rides the bench, comes as a reserve. I mean anything I what he should be doing is coming in and playing because he's gonna need he's gonna need something to sell the next team he plays for because if he does if he comes in and plays like shit, they're not gonna they're gonna give him anything next year. They're gonna say, well, you set up most of last year, and of course, uh he came in, you're out of shape, and you didn't play good. So we're not gonna give you whatever you want. The hell with you. So, I hope he's staying in shape, and uh, you know if he doesn't, I mean, he, he has to really come and perform. Because if he doesn't, well, he really, he really uh, overplayed his hand. And the Steelers obviously are still winning without him. And, at, and you know, obviously, Connor's having a hell of a season, but it'd be good to have a nice little back to compliment Connor as well. Because you want somebody to give Connor a break. So, hopefully that works out. And, you know... That's all... I'm going to say about that. Anyways, guys... I'm going to close up here. And, um... You know, I hope you all voted. Because we all need to. You know, I know... A lot of you guys follow me. You probably listen to this podcast, and um, we all have different we all we all have, we all have different political leanings, whether they're uh, left, right, middle of the road, extreme left, extreme right, whatnot. But one thing we all know for one thing we all know for certain is we all have to vote. Because one thing in particular is we all have the same amount of votes, and it's one vote, and we have to use it. Because if we don't. It's something that could be easily taken away from us. And regardless of who the, the candidates are, if you hate them or not, you you still... Still, you gotta get out and vote and you gotta use it. Because if you don't show up for the polls, your voice isn't heard. And it's... A, and less voices means, you know, more control. So... Always use that thing. I mean, I mean, my dad's a veteran. He's a Vietnam vet, Bronze Star medalist. You know, for bravery, obviously. You know, I, I remember one time I didn't vote in the presidential election, and I think it was the, I think it was the, I'm trying to remember which one that was. It was the Bush, yeah, it was the George Bush, El uh, Gore election. I didn't vote because I hated both candidates and I thought it was. I was one of, and of course I was, you know, still in college, and I didn't vote, and my dad, you know, being a veteran as, as he is, was really pissed off about it, I mean, he was really, really mad, and he said, uh, you didn't vote, and I said, no, uh, and he said, why the hell did you vote, and I said, because I didn't like the candidates, they're both idiots, it was pointless for me to go to the polls I remember my dad shooing me out at the dinner table uh, over it and pretty much he said you know what I don't know what it is but but he he said that's a horrible excuse he said I don't know what your deal is but next time that happens you need to get your ass out there to the polls and vote He said, "Cause that's your duty." You know, basically he told me, as an American, that's my duty to get out and vote. And you know, I didn't really get it at that point, but now, years and years later, I do now. You know, now that I've been through the, you know, been through the, out of college into the real world working, you know, I get it all now from him as to why it was, you know, I, I had to do this. So, we all may disagree on a lot of things but we can all agree on one thing we have to get out and vote and to keep doing it but anyways guys have a good weekend have fun, hell a pit let's hope for a good ass showing at Heinz because I know we're trying out all the all time greats, we're trying out James Conner Tony Dorsett let's hope for a much different result than we've had any time we've done this Bye, guys.